Welcome to the Mind Vine Podcast, where we challenge the stigma associated with mental illness through conversations about a variety of issues impacting mental health. Here we bring you news, views, and interviews that intrigue, educate, and celebrate recovery. Leading us on this journey are the hosts of the Mind Vine Podcast, Daryl Mathers and Chris Bovey. So welcome to the Mind Vine Podcast. Um, my name is Daryl Mathers, and I'm clearly without my co-host, uh, Chris Bovey, because we are in the midst of COVID-19, a pandemic that's obviously hit the world, and uh, especially um, well, we feel it here in Ontario, and specifically on Ontario shores in Whitby, Ontario. We're, um, this is how we're doing the podcast now. Like so many other people uh, in the world, we're uh, at Ontario Shores while we're still providing care and delivering essential service. Uh, those of us who have been able to uh, work remotely are, and uh, um, those uh, who have to go in and, and continue caring for our patients, uh, we think about them a lot. Um, in acute care and traditional hospitals, uh, nurses and frontline staff are getting uh, a lot of attention, and rightfully so, for the work they're doing uh, to help prevent the spread of COVID-19 and obviously uh, curb the uh, the amount of illnesses and and the and the death rate in Ontario. And uh, where we salute them, but it's uh, I know working in mental health care, you can't forget about our staff who are, who are uh, caring for our patients who. Uh, are among the most marginalized and stigmatized populations in, in the world. And their contributions and their willingness to come to work every day and still provide the best possible care uh, is worth recognizing. So before we kind of start into kind of the COVID-19 edition of the Mind Mind Podcast, just a shout out to everybody on Ontario Shores who continues to, to work tirelessly uh, to protect our patients. So given the kind of the, the state of the world uh, today, uh, we're using technology to continue uh, igniting conversations as it relates to uh, healthcare and mental health and a lot of the topics that we touch on uh, frequently. So today we have uh, two guests uh, that are uh, via satellite, if this was 1985, that's what we'd say it, um, but remote working remotely, uh, Christina Fuda, our mental health first aid coordinator. Hi, Christina. Hi. <laughs> and thanks for having we, me we also have on location at Ontario Shores uh Anson Kendall is an infection control practitioner I believe is the somewhat correct. accurate so thank you Anson yeah that's I know, correct I know you're uh you're working on site every day and this is uh, probably one of the biggest challenges of your career yep thank you for having me Daryl glad to be here so we're going to start. Uh, I'm going to start with Anson and the kind of the COVID nineteen, the pandemic situation that we're in, and then we'll get to Christina uh, about the kind of the you know, the mental health aspect and the impact that it's having not only on us but uh, on people who are now suddenly working from home, caring for children, managing anxiety of living in this world. But uh, Anson, uh, to start it off, we're talking about. Um, COVID-19 and, and, you know, we're all kind of familiar with, with it to, to some degree, but um, you were telling me the other day, just we've always, coronaviruses have always been uh, around, uh, but this one in particular is a, a little unique. I was wondering if you could just start by giving like a little bit of background on it. 
Yeah, thanks, Daryl. So coronavirus and human coronavirus uh, is viruses that cause the common cold. So we've all have, with all of us having a common cold at some point in our life, um, we've all had a coronavirus. The new and novel coronavirus, which you're seeing of COVID-19, is due to the world. That's why it's causing uh, a lot of disease. We don't have a vaccine for it. There's no treatment for it. And as this uh, pandemic is sweeping the world, uh, we're still learning and trying to catch up uh, on the virus. So that's kind of where we are now. Uh, it's new and novel. As more time does uh, progress, we will learn more and how to treat and how to fight the, fight this disease. But as of, as of now, uh, we're still learning and um, hopefully we can get a handle on things. In terms of its impact on, on our organization, um, you know, we have 300 and I think it's 346 inpatients, uh, hundreds and thousands of outpatient visits. Uh, how does something like this change the way that we do business as a mental health hospital? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a really good question, Daryl. Uh, in general, uh, infection and control and mental health, uh, you can see that there's some challenges. When we put infection control med place in the mental health population, um, we do so uh, with, you know, usually using a, usually using a, an acute care type model, as you can understand and appreciate, some of our patients don't understand, you know, what good hand hygiene is and why they should wash their hands, how they should complete uh, antibiotics, for example, why they should have, uh, you know, adhere to good hygiene practices. So you can see that a virus like this that's new and novel, and what we're trying to uh, contain it is very challenging in the mental health um, population, both inpatient and outpatient areas. So we struggle regularly, uh, you know, pre-COVID uh, to contain viruses, uh, community-based viruses. But you can see that this is now an, another element of cha- uh, another challenge uh, to to Ontario Shores. Also, um, a lot of patients do share. Um, share personal items, you know, they're not supposed to share cigarettes, but they do. And you can see that being a vector of transmission as well. So in the mental health population, very, very challenging to put infection control measures. Uh, we do the best that we can. And I think to date, we've done a really good job of, uh, of in, uh, putting in measures that are trying to contain this virus. Now, I know that uh, you've been familiar with COVID-19, although it's had a couple of different names, uh, when you first uh, became aware of it, it's been months, you know, kind of anticipating its arrival uh, in Canada. Uh, and it seems like as, you know, as a citizen of the world watching the news and information come out about it and what we should do and how we should protect ourselves and others that I wouldn't say information is changing, but there seems to be different interpretations of it as, uh, as we get further along in the pandemic. Uh, you know, from your perspective, like how big of a learning curve has it been to uh, to understand COVID nineteen and and to to be able to be educated enough to get a handle on on what we need to do as an organization and even in uh, in our community. Uh, so you made a really good point that information is coming really fast, uh, fast and furious. Uh, and like I had mentioned earlier in a conversation. We are uh, under an infodemic where some information, right, some information uh, is incorrect. The problem that we're facing is there's a lot of regulatory bodies. So uh, there's region public health. There's also public health Ontario. There's the Public Health Agency of Canada. There's the CDC. 
that um, out of the United States. And there's also the WHO, uh, the World Health Organization. So as this uh, disease is rapidly evolving, we're kind of, well, we are actually consulting all those sources and trying to make the best kind of guess with all the information that we have. And obviously there's other uh, regulatory um, uh, legislation stuff that doesn't apply in Canada. Uh, different organizations are saying different things. CDC, which is a very well-respected uh, organization, has uh, rules that are effective in the United States, but not necessarily in Canada. So to get a, a grasp of all this information has been challenging. And we kind of take that information and then we tailor it to a mental health uh, facility. The problem is the long-term care facilities and acute care, the guidelines are really black and white in those areas. In mental, mental health, not so much. So you can see that, uh, you know, as a sector, we're kind of taking some elements of the acute care guidance and some elements of the long-term long care, long care, long care guidance, sorry, and then combining it to make it work for, um, for our own organization. Uh, with that being said, uh, we have to read a lot and, you know, get up to speed as fast as possible so that we can make the best informed decision based on the guidance that we have. Now, just sliding it over to uh, Christina for a bit. Um, we know a lot about uh, coronavirus. We're learning more every day. Uh, our lives are changing uh, every day. Uh, it seems like when the schools closed in Ontario, that that was a big moment. And we're like, you know, what is going on? And then every day, uh, you know, it seems like a, a little bit more of what our so-called normal life was is, is slowly disappearing. Like today, they've uh, announced the, the closure of construction sites. There's all sorts of stuff going on in the U.S. border and even the Quebec border. It, it, you know, it's fascinating from that perspective. But from a mental health perspective, Christina, um, you know, this is big. Uh, this is a big change. Uh, it's a big change for anybody that considers, you know, is considered to be a well, um, I, I guess the word I'm looking for is, uh, able to manage their wellness successfully, but anybody who's struggling, uh, you know, they're even more at risk, I would think, is uh, dealing with something like this. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Daryl. It's a really great point is um, because really mental illness we know can affect us all is we're all human is really when you think what is mental illness is mental illness is brain illness is it's basically when our brain becomes dysfunctional. And too many changes in our life can dysfunction our regular brain function is it doesn't know how to process um, so many major changes at, at, a, at the same time. And so this can happen to the best of us is this can happen to any of us in, in situations that aren't collectively what's happening to all of us right now is we can all go through a major life change like a divorce or a loss of a job or having a sick family member and that can trigger a lot of the symptoms of depression and anxiety but right now what we're seeing is we're seeing this happen collectively to everyone is everyone is going through things like loss of a job is having relationship issues because they're stuck with their partner all day. They're stuck with their family and, and people are experiencing loss of loved ones. Um, and so we're going to see, unfortunately, uh, a lot more people struggling with, with mental illnesses like mild anxiety, depression, and, 
And unfortunately, when these are left untreated, they can get worse, just like any physical illness. So you're right. I think I think we're going to see a big toll on this in, in the upcoming months. You know, a big part of your job is getting groups of people together, <laughs> which uh, is, is, is problematic in today's world. So you've had to uh, kind of adjust and, you know, in a matter of a couple of weeks, try to like reinvent yourself from a professional standpoint and looking at, you know, what the next couple of months look like and even uh, beyond that when, when the world hopefully returns to normal. And even people uh, that may not be uh, in a situation where they've lost a job may have lost a meaningful part of their job. Uh, maybe, you know, a, a big aspect of their, of their life is being able to go to work. It's their identity. Uh, I think of teachers uh, specifically right now, like they're, you know, um, they're no longer teaching. They're still getting paid, but they're a big, big part of their identity as a teacher. You meet them at a dinner party, they, you know, the, it'll be 10 seconds before it comes out that they're a teacher. Uh, same with firefighters and, and other uh, professions. So when you've lost something like a bit of your identity, how difficult, or I don't know how difficult it is, but how is important it to, how important is it to understand that and be cognizant of it from uh, your own wellness perspective? That's a great question. And, and being a teacher in many ways myself, I can, I can identify with this on a personal note too, because when I first uh, heard about, you know, how, how big this was, all of my courses for the next two months were canceled. And so I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? <laughs> that's, that's what I do. And, and, uh, and so I can definitely respect it. It's, it's a huge loss in your identity and it creates a little bit of confusion um, for sure. And so there's a lot of folks out there that, you know, in similar positions where they're just, they're not aware of what to do right now. And so I think it's one of those things that we just really have to identify with other areas of our life is, you know, that's not all we are, is you're not just a teacher, is, you know, you're not just a parent, you're not just a construction worker, is you're so many other things. And I think one of the best things that we can do right now is try to re-identify ourselves. And so, you know, Daryl, I was thankful when you gave me this opportunity to re-identify myself in a different way is, you know, I've been a teacher in front of a classroom and this has been great where I can really start to, to become a teacher in an online forum. And so it's just taken a little bit of effort to, to re-identify myself. And, and I think everyone out there is, is going to be struggling with it, but is if you can't re-identify your current position with using the tools that we have now, like online, is you know re-identify yourself in a different way. Uh, Christina, I think you make a really good point. On the flip side, now uh, for the infection control practitioners, when we go home, we try to uh, eliminate everything COVID, and we don't want to get involved in any COVID conversations because for you know twelve hours of the day, and it has been twelve hour days, this is all that we. So how do we go back and then reconnect uh, with our families and loved ones? Uh, an interesting point, too. My wife's a teacher, and we have a little one at home. And I have to be cognizant of the fact that I am the break in her day as well. So when I come home, for them, just as much as they are a relief for me. Uh, so we try not to talk about uh, for teaching, and I try not to talk about anything infection control related. Now, with a little one under, with a little toddler, everything's infection control related, as you can imagine. But uh, we try to use this as an opportunity to have um, other conversations 
both about on her side of being a teacher and then myself being in infection control. Thanks, Anson. Um, that's a really great point that you're making. And that's why I was saying, I think it's a really good time right now for people to identify with other areas in their life is things that aren't just their profession. Cause you're right, Daryl is to your first point is we often identify a huge part of who we are as our occupation is, you know, one of the first questions people ask is, so what do you do in 10 seconds of dinner conversation? So I think for, for those of us now, like yourself, Anson, where you're spending 12 hours a day, you know, and the last thing you want to do is identify with your occupation is, you know, you just want to be a dad and, you know, a husband and, and finding other parts of our identity because we're more than our occupations. There's so much more to us, and I think now is a good opportunity for people to identify with other areas of their life that maybe they didn't get the opportunity to before because we're so busy. <laughs> so that was a good point. Thanks, Anson. My next, my, my next question is kind of like, it's two parts, but it's for both of you. Um, the, the pandemic, COVID-19, the situation we're in, it, it's changed the game for, for everybody. Uh, and our, you know, there's a big focus on healthcare care workers right now, rightfully so. And I just wonder in the grand scheme of things, or I guess in the day-to-day -day op operation of things, Anson, like, how has this changed? Uh, how has this changed how our nurses or our, our people who are on the front lines do their job, like the precautions they have to take? I know we see pictures of PPE and, and ear loop masks and different things like that. But just the, I guess, the attention to detail that they require at this time and then, you know, Christina, from your perspective, how do you, when you're in that intense environment as a healthcare worker, how do you leave your shift and uh, make sure that you're healthy, you're, 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 you're caring for yourself at the end of the day? So I'll start with you, Anson. So how it has changed our environment is there is heightened awareness and on the flip side, there's some heightened anxiety as well. Uh, the good thing is uh, staff members have a great job of paying attention to detail, like you said. So uh, in terms of doing our syndromic surveillance in the morning and in the afternoon, uh, in terms of being really in tune with their patients and their patients' symptoms, it has helped us a lot identify not only COVID potential patients, but also other diseases. As you know, we're in respiratory illness season, so influenza is also circulating, RSV is circulating, metonymovirus is circulating. So all of these, I guess, like you said, attention to detail has helped us manage uh, patients within the hospital. Sorry, Daryl, I think you're muted. There's a reason I'm muted because I have three children while I'm trying to do this podcast. But uh, my, what I was uh, just trying to, to say is that the other part to that, Christina, is our staff are, are working tirelessly. Um, you know, what are some of the things they should consider after they've had a super intense day at work uh, under trying circumstances? That's a, uh, a great question is, is definitely, you know, I was, I was actually talking to one of the OTN nurses I had to run into the hospital yesterday and, and it just sounds like they are just so overloaded and, and burnt out. So I can't imagine the, the burnout that many healthcare professionals are feeling right now. So I think it's one of those things where, you know, it's easier said than done, but like Anson already gave a good point when he gets home, he doesn't want to talk about work stuff, you know, it's just settle down, you know, have that quality time with family. 
um, is also maintaining good self-care is, is um, mm-hmm. making sure to still take care of ourselves, where we're still giving ourselves enough sleep, where we're still yeah, eating healthy, where we're still exercising, is it can be hard in really busy times to stop doing those things, but it's, it's so important that we still, you know, take that half an hour to exercise, make sure that we do give ourselves that sleep is even though you really, really want that junk food, try to stick with the healthy choices. Cause it, you know, it's going to make you feel better in the end and it's going to help you for that 12 hour shift the next day. Um, so really, really, you know, stay on, on, on point with that. And, and one of the things I was taught with self-care is just think of if, how am I going to feel after this, you know, is it, am I going to, I don't want to do it right now, but how am I going to feel after that 30 minutes of exercise? How am I going to feel after um, that bag of chips? How am I going to feel after I eat a salad? Is, so kind of asking yourself that, is it going to help me on my 12 hour shift tomorrow? Anson, do you have some, yeah, go ahead, Anson. Yeah, I agree. I think self-care is, it is really big right now. And we uh, have been, you know, of that mindset as well. What we've been doing is we have been telling ourselves and we've been telling our our colleagues that this is it's not a sprint, right? Um, based on what the data is showing us, based on what we know is coming out of China uh, from late December, based on what the world is going through, we're going to be in this for a while. Uh, so self-care is important, and uh, both for the healthcare worker um, and for in our individual lives. Still, like you said, still work out. You know, the workout is going to be a modified workout, but it will be a workout nonetheless. Right. Uh, the fact that, you know, all these junk food places are have limited hours may help us out um, as well. But stretch. Stretching is a really good thing. Music for us has been really good in our office, whereby, you know, we get some minute, some time to get some work done. We put some music on that will make us feel good. And doing things that we find make us feel good will help kind of battle some of those long hours and some of the feelings that we may feel at times uh, that might uh, of you know depression uh, anxiety etc so that's kind of some of the things that we've been doing as a department to help uh, help us um, cope also you know laughter laughter is the best medicine you know we tell jokes and we try to um, uh, really lift up other spirits um, I do blame some of the media that's going on because they're showing outbreak and contagion and some of these shows on on TV and that's not helping anyone's anxiety and I, I do think the media has a role to kind of uh, to play has a role to play to help people uh, help cope so that's my, my my two cents. I wonder too um, just you mentioned the media uh, it is I find my like personally I keep watching it keep watching the news, even though really nothing changes. Uh, right. it, it's, you know, I keep waiting for updates. I guess that's because I want my life back like everybody else. And, you know, you're hoping that mm-hmm. there's some, you know, magic breaking news. that's going to say that, you know, this is over. Um, but Christina, I guess, I guess it's for you, but even, you know, if you have an opinion on it, like how should we manage, you know, our consumption of news at this time when there's really nothing else on, right? Like we're, you know, the joke, the people that we connect with is, you know, it's Netflix, what's on Netflix? Because, you know, there's nothing on uh, regular traditional TV anymore. So like, should we be monitoring or be cautious of how much media we're consuming during this? Oh, for sure, Daryl, is you definitely, any sort of obsessive behavior of any kind is not mentally healthy for us. So is, you know, it doesn't matter what you do, everything should really be in, in moderation. 
um, you know, is, is pretty much any diagnosis in, in the DSM will, will state some sort of level of obsession and, and where these behaviors have gotten to a point where they're unhealthy. So is something we really should be trying to do is pick a certain time of day when you're going to read the news. If that's in the morning or that's in the evening or that's at your lunch break, you know, give yourself that however long you need, an hour a day, just to, to look at the updates, see what's going on, and then not obsess over it. If we do it all day long, it's definitely going to lead to to obsessions. And you're right, is, is we want to see when is our life going back to normal. I think we've all pretty much recognized that it's not going back to normal anytime soon. Is We're going to have to figure out a way to adjust for the next couple of months at least. Um, so obsessing over it at this point is, is not going to be healthy and it'll detract from all those self-care things that we got to do, like exercise, mm-hmm. still make sure you're getting some fresh air, playing with the kids, cooking healthy meals is, you know, still doing all that good stuff for us. So for sure, I think we definitely need to pick a time when you're going to look at the news and then move on with your day. Sorry for that slow transition. I'm still learning, still learning how to manage all this on my own. Um, so thank you both uh, for making time. I think that this is kind of our first, uh, you know, our, our first crack at uh, doing this remotely. And hopefully it'll be something when our world gets back to normal that we incorporate uh, as well. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about this and, and educating people. And we, you know, given how long our road appears to be in this and we might have you on again so thank you very much for for making time with us today sure thanks daryl thanks for having me on thanks daryl i appreciate it uh, i really appreciate it a lot and i'm glad to do this again anytime thanks guys thanks